passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, on the other side of the tracks, down on the docks, dive bar, speak easy style, podcast of and about and surrounding your Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on Odyssey Sports, on the Odyssey app, or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. We don't judge as long as you're listening. We like that. Or maybe you're watching this on YouTube or checking out these clips on our social media, our social media platforms. Um, make sure to say hello by leaving us a message or maybe even giving us a rating. You know, we like those five-star ratings. You know what? We like those five-tool baseball players here on this podcast a lot. But you know what we like more than that? Those five-star reviews. So don't be afraid to give us that five-star review. And today, it is Monday, the day after Easter, the day after the Seattle Mariners and the Cleveland Guardians finished their series. In fact, they finished their season series with each other. We're here to talk about what went down in Cleveland. And of course, big reveal, if you were watching this on YouTube or watching the uh, instant premiere, we got Hanno up in Edmonds. He's back. He's here to help me break down what the hell happened. I'm coming out. Look, I'm going to come out the gate tonight, Hanno, and I'm going to keep it positive. And we're going to just say this right away. Congratulations to the Mariners. They win their first series of the season. They are one and two in the, with the series sets. Uh, but yeah, your slogan is win series. Uh, win series. What is, what is your slogan? Just win series, baby. Just win series, baby. Well, they did that. They took care of business. Let's keep it positive here for a second. That feels good. Um, you know, they were going into game three looking for the sweep. Obviously, it didn't happen. If you missed uh, this because you were, you know, out doing Easter egg hunts, you know, maybe you're cooking, maybe you're praying, maybe you're just hanging out on Sunday. You don't do Easter. Maybe you missed this. Yes, the Mariners did uh, lose seven to six in extra innings in Cleveland. Uh, but uh, here's another positive thing: they got all the games in uh, played in Cleveland this weekend. Typically, 
Uh, there's some sort of rain out or snow out or whatever. It seems like we're always going back to Cleveland this year. We don't go back to Cleveland this year. In fact, we're done playing Cleveland for the regular season. And unfortunately, with today's loss, that means that the Cleveland Guardians have the series uh, one on the season series, which means if it comes down to a wild card seeding situation, they will have the tiebreaker, meaning if they are the third tie or the third, I should say the third uh, wild card team, they will have that tiebreaker to knock us out. Or if we seed one, two or three, they'll be above us. So this could possibly, you know, lead to us playing a road game. If we get into the playoffs, don't got to worry about that right now. Just got to, you know, keep that in our mind. Like, Hey, we should just, you know, try to have a better record than them at the end of the year, just like they want to do that with every team in the American league. So uh, with that being said, we'll talk about the rest of the series because there are there are a lot of good positive things to come out of the series. I mean, they won it, but let's talk about what the most uh, recent thing is. And this is game three, 12 innings. It felt like it was it took all day. I mean, this thing started early and didn't get done until the middle of the afternoon, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, longest game in baseball this year, especially with the new uh, pitch clock installed. Yeah, around three hours and 50 minutes. And we actually saw a couple instances where the pitch clock stuff and all of that kind of all those kind of rules and, you know, uh, rules and what I want to say rules. And what do you call that? What's the word I'm looking for? Violations. Yeah. Where all the rules and the violations kind of stopped the game because there is a little bit of disagreement or confusion on what was going on, especially uh, with that at bat with A.J. Pollock. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy. It was a weird series for sure. Yeah, I'm just glad they got in. <laughs> you know, uh, I, hear you. I said I'm just glad they got that series in. You know, I'm I'm really happy that the Mariners don't have to double back this this year. Like I was saying, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. It was yeah, cold back there, windy, but to get it in with no delays is is a big thing going back to Cleveland. Yeah, it is. Well, let's talk about today's game. I mean, it, it was there's a lot to talk about. If we're going in chronological order, it seemed just like one of these games that the, the Mariners kind of textbook typical win they were walking into. You know, they get they get solid six from George Kirby out there, and he finished strong there in that sixth inning. You know, got himself into a little bit of jam, and you know, slammed the door shut on him. What do you think about Kirby today? Yeah. After his last outing, it was real positive to see how George Kirby bounced back and gave the M six innings with a, a bullpen that is fatigued and has pitched a lot lately. Yeah, and we should also mention, uh, if you didn't know this, Andres Munoz hit the IL, and we also sent Matt Festa down to AAA. We brought up two other pitchers, but you know, I'm sure when you're flying in from Tacoma, you weren't uh, – anticipating being inserted into the game but that was the case today we'll get to that as as we go through the game but look the Mariners got out to a nice early lead you know they couldn't add on it was one of these situations where they score early and then the bats kind of uh you know slow up but also we got to give you know a bit of credit to the Guardians pitching today you know Plesak Dan Plesak's uh nephew he pitched a really good game 
you know, seven innings. Anytime you go seven, that usually means you did pretty good. Only gave up two runs, got six strikeouts, gave up the one um, home run to Big Dumper, which seemed to be the way the game was going until, you know, late into the game. And it was the tale of two different games because once we hit the ninth inning, that's when all the scoring started to happen for both teams. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was a tale of two different games. Uh, we, as you mentioned, Munoz was unavailable because of going on the IL, and they put Matt Brash in the fire uh, for his first time, I believe, um, getting that role as a ninth inning closer. Um, looked really good to start off, struck out Rob Ramirez. If you remember last series, he made him look foolish, so you were feeling pretty good. But Matt Brash doing Matt Brash things, he was a little bit erratic and couldn't find the strike zone. And, you know, a problem that's happened with the M's bullpen at times this year has been walks. And uh, he had a walk, he gave up a base hit, and then a big um, ball hit off, you know, a big hit. Then on a misplay, in my opinion, by Hernandez, he would look like he was playing deep, no doubles with a man on first or on second and first. And he doesn't make the play. And that was a rough one. I mean, with a two-run lead like that, you feel like pretty good about it. But it wasn't their time. But luckily, they go to extra innings and get that final out. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. We'll talk a little bit more. We'll dive into that, too, just the, the decision of who is playing where. It definitely hurts. It definitely hurts that particular play. A high, long, fly ball with runners on with two outs is really the dagger in that, you know, with one out people are holding going halfway. Maybe they move up a base. Maybe one of those guys only ends up on third, two outs. Everybody's going, it's the end of the game. Crowd's going crazy. The wind is swirling. You have Teoscar Hernandez out in right field. He played solid, great right field throughout this whole series. We, I know when we were texting earlier in the week, I was like, man, this guy looks like Jay Buhner out there. I still think he's played good right field. He was out there after playing left field all uh, – sorry, was he in left field? No, he was DHing today, right, prior yeah. to this? So he comes yeah. off the, he comes off the bench cold as far as being out in the field, and it's and it's windy out there. And and just – there's it wasn't just a, your typical day in the outfield. It just seemed like a very strange – strange i just i just didn't understand it i know there's other guys on the bench if you needed to i guess it was more of a thing of getting aj out of left field and but kelnick was playing a great right field had an amazing play earlier in the game it's just kind of one of those things that i i don't understand i did listen to what scott service did you hear what scott service had to say about that no but the reason they had to put him out there is because they pinch hit um listella Right, and right. lost the DH, and that's what forced them to decide to put uh, Hernandez out there rather than going with maybe a Haggerty or just leaving things as they were and not pinch hitting. Okay. But you know, it's typical Mariners analytics, and uh, they thought Listella was the right play at that time, and then they thought Hernandez, like you mentioned, uh, made some nice plays in this series. Uh, to go put out there uh, he's always been known as kind of an iffy fielder and from what I've seen he's had some tough he's not as good going back on the ball as he is coming in oh. so uh, you mentioned the weather I mean or the wind excuse me I I'm gonna I'm not gonna give him a pass on this one that ball's got to be caught yeah I mean yeah and he isn't a and I agree with you he's more of like a Jay Buhner right fielder he's coming up 
you know, make make the dives, make the strong throws. We've seen that. You don't know him as a, you know, back to the ball, running to the wall kind of outfielder, as far as we all know. And also just, yes, that ball needs to be caught. Um, I also just, I don't, again, you know, the analytics. I'm leaving Kelnick out there. He's having a hell of a day out there just playing baseball. You know, he had a great day at the plate. He was feeling good. I, he, you know, he's a, he is definitely a momentum and attitude guy. When things are going good, you got to ride him and let him do his thing. I, I was surprised because I was listening to that part on the radio. And when they were saying Hernandez was going back on the ball, I thought it was just a, one of those t- typical things that maybe they messed up in the booth. And it was like, nope, <laughs> that, that was going on. I didn't, I missed that part. Um, you know, thanks to all the Odyssey commercials, you know. Uh, <laughs> I missed some of the stuff at the top of the inning. That's just what happens. So, hey, Odyssey, if you're listening, if you're supporting and you're pushing our show, can we ease up on those commercials in the on the in-game app? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So, yeah, that happened. But prior to that, too, I, I know we're kind of going a little bit backwards. Uh, but I wanted to say after Kirby, I thought that Diego Castillo and I thought Trevor Gott had some solid innings. Also, Brash, uh, you know, came out there and, uh, you know, it seemed like he was going to get himself out of this inning. You know, that was, like you said, a ball that needs to be caught. My question to you is... I know with Munoz out, you know, Matt Brash and what he's been doing and, and how he's been looking. And he has pitched in big situations in the playoffs, uh, going down the stretch last year, um, WBC. Do you like him there at the nine or 
do you say, hey, keep him doing what he's doing? Maybe put somebody like Diego Castillo in there to close, even though maybe that's not your, obviously your top choice of guy to be out there, but that's somebody that's been a closer and been successful in the major leagues as a closer. What's your stance on that? Well, it's hard to say at the moment. I guess I would say that, you know, getting the 25, 26th, and 27th out is the toughest part of the game. Uh, Brash really hasn't been in that role ever in his short career. And it's a whole different ball game, especially in a one run. Or it was a two-run game, which makes it even worse. But in one-run games, uh, as you mentioned, Diego Castillo, he fin- he had a nice outing after, you know, having a, not looking so great early on in the homestand. Uh, but, and the, the unfortunate thing was, is you, you wasted a lot of guys because of poor pitching performances in the first two, um, games of the series. And you were short, you know, Paul Seawald would be a guy that you would think maybe would be in that situation. Uh, he was in that situation in the first two games, he's used to it. Um, and as far as brash, he's, he can get erratic at times. So I, 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 I'm okay with him and you got to try him out to see if he can succeed and put him in the fire. But um, I would probably go with Seawald. Yeah, I would just, me too. I mean, we, he wasn't available, but also I do feel like, you know, maybe three games isn't too much. It didn't seem like he threw a lot of pitches in the first game. Maybe I have to go look and see what he did in, in game two uh, out there, but you know, hitting them three times in a row. I mean, remember maybe- too last year. Go ahead. I was going to say, remember last year, the Mariners didn't throw guys back to back games at all for a long time. They were really cautious of that uh, for innings for all their guys. And they, they've had a necessity of had to do that this year. And so, I mean, I think they're just trying to manage them. I mean, yeah. it hasn't been so. Yeah, I guess three games is too crazy. I just want that win. I think, yeah. Oh, of course. We're going down the stretch. You're in the playoffs. You don't have a bunch of games ahead of you. Maybe maybe you do see that. I mean, there was a – I'd have to go back to – maybe it was the year before. It was 2021 where Seawald was used quite a bit. But uh, last year they had the luxury not to do that. And also everybody was healthy last year for the most part. Um, uh, Yeah. Very true. Yeah, you do see with the Munoz not being there, uh, and uh, and also let's let's not forget we don't have Chris Flexen out there right now. You know that that could add to this. That could have been uh, for game. Let's just say game. What was that one game one yeah. where Logan only could get through four innings? That would maybe be a situation where you see uh, Flexen come in and you know, burn three innings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned, very fortunate last year, hardly any injuries, especially the pitching staff. And with Robbie Ray going down, that sure affected the bullpen, uh, you know, and I mean, Swanson was a big loss in my opinion so far this year, getting him traded away. Uh, like you mentioned, got is kind of filled that role. Um, but it has, it's, there's just it's it's tough sledding so far for the Mariners and their pitching staff, and they haven't been sharp yet either. A lot of walks. A lot of walks. There's been there there's been a lot of walks. There was a lot of intentional walks today for strategy. Once we got in the extra innings, uh, but uh, 
nonetheless, there there has there has been a lot of walks. Now let's get to some of the positive stuff from this game uh, for a second here. Uh, we, again, uh, Jerry Kelnick has just we're gonna get into games one and game two. You know he's 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 just playing really good loose baseball right now. He looks like another person. We talked about him all spring. It's great to see that that is is you know paying off. Uh, as far as guys, uh, you know they. Scoring runs. I mean, they scored six runs today. We did leave quite a bit of guys on base. You know, we did have an inning there in the extra innings with the bases loaded and couldn't get one run in. Um, both teams in the in the 10th inning had really good chances, and, and both teams wiggled out of it. Then it was this thing of, you know, look, two runs. They pick up the two runs, but we also did leave some guys out there in scoring position. Same thing in the 12th. We could only get that one run in, and we've seen now with this new format over the last couple of years how important getting that crooked number is in the extra innings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we missed out, like you mentioned, leaving the bases loaded. Cleveland left the bases loaded twice in extra innings, so we dodged that. So, I mean, there is some positives with our bullpen, uh, and so yeah. – I mean, it's just it was it's just a real stinger because it, it, it from the ninth inning through extras you had a two run lead twice and then a one run lead in the very last inning and you couldn't cash it in. That stings. Yeah, and these are the games that the Mariners were winning last year. Now we've played a week plus of baseball only, so it's too early to go. They're not doing that this season. They they are zero and two in extra inning games. Against or are they zero and three, zero and two against Cleveland on Sundays. <laughs> it's been two game, two Sundays in a row, heartbreakers, uh, and and the one run games. But I mean, again, this is a week's worth of baseball. Definitely, the team is uh, at least building those muscles with these close games. We'd like to see the other outcomes. As far as the fans, we're already back in that, <laughs> in that stress mode. We've already we're already playing these close games, and unfortunately, we've we've had you know more losses than wins so far. Um, but let's also talk about. I know we kind of sat here on the pitching, but there were some other sloppy things that really, I think, really hammered home this loss. I think that pickoff throw, the execution that pickoff throw. Obviously, I actually don't like the pickoff throw in that situation. I rather just go get the hitter especially when you have a one run lead at that time. I uh, just thought it would, the risk wasn't worth the reward, especially with all these, with the new rules and stuff. I don't know. What did you think about that pickoff throw that sailed into the outfield? I couldn't agree more. It was a terrible decision. One, two count on the batter. JP Crawford was the daylight play. The, the runner was barely off the bag. I mean, it was no sense. I, it must've been his call on that. I don't believe Cal called him on that and told him to spin and throw. Uh, you've seen so many times how pitchers have trouble on comebackers when they're on the mound, throwing it back to second base. It was an awful decision. I was, was so frustrated by it. Very dumb. Very dumb. The risk wasn't worth the reward. And I even think if they throw that clean, the guy's safe. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, no the doubt. Guy's, the guy's safe. 
Also, I I got to go back and look. I watched it once and I just was like, I don't want to see this again. I like again, I heard it on the radio. I watched it on the MLB app and I said, that's it. I could sit here and break it down of like, where's the back? I mean, it was a bad throw. I mean, you, you could talk about people backing up or players going over and covering. I don't know. It was stupid. Not only do you let the tying run advance, the fucking winning run. And I am going to a very say, great point. I am going to say fucking, and I'm going to leave it in there. The fucking winning run goes to second base. And I, I just, I just didn't, it was just so, it was dumb. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Obviously, that didn't work out. They pulled in their, their defense, you know, ground ball to Wong. The throw home was terrible. It was on the other side of, of where the tag, throwing it to Murphy, who's not great at tags in the first place. I could get that throw if it was a force out, but I have no idea why that throw is going to that side of the base. And then, you know, you're throwing it to Murphy. I got to see where his positioning was on there because he's traditionally not been that great of a tagger. Sorry to pile on Murphy here. Maybe I'm, I'm, out, of, I'm out of bounds saying that. What did you see on that play? Uh, I have a little bit different view. I thought it was a, he had to get rid of it. Um, sure. Y- yeah. He threw to the wrong side. Cal spun the right way and went with the, went, took his momentum with the throw. Yeah. You'd like to have him go to the glove side and s- spin around. Yeah. Regardless, it was a hell of a slide by Ramirez. Fantastic. To, okay, so you that- know, hook slide way out and slap his hand in there. Okay. So that was, I'm, I, I'm getting. I'm going off of the radio. Uh, Murphy was not behind the plate. He didn't come in for Cal into the. He came in as a pinch hitter. Was that it? He didn't play today. Not at all. Let's see. It says uh, you're right. He did not. He did not play today. Well, that was a radio thing because I. What I literally when I heard that when they said the, the throw into Murphy, I was going to text you because you've had a lot to say about Murphy tags. So I'm surprised. That, Were you listening to Dave Sims? No, no, it was Rick. It was Rick. It was it was Rick and Gold. It was a long game. I will say that. <laughs> leave all this in there. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was wrong about that. But there, I'm going to go back and listen. Let's go make. Or maybe I was thinking. Maybe well, the reason was, I said the reason I said uh, um, Simsy. I mean, he had a little bit of a rough day. I mean, he one at time he was yeah. like, "This ball's hammered," and going out and it was yeah. a routine fly ball yeah so Sims, had one, that. Sims had one in game two where he's like it was a double he goes there's no outs and then uh, i think it was france or somebody hit do a double play and there was a guy on third and then the yeah, camera into the guy like crossing home plate so whoever was here in sims was taking his word for it because they they panned over like the guy scored, you know, and then all of a sudden the in- end of the inning shit. And I had just turned it on and I, or I just walked into the room and I was like, Oh my God. Anyways, we've, we've exhausted ourselves on this game of listen, they, they lost, but 
look, they're headed into Chicago. They got their series win. Um, I know it feels like we've just been so critical of everything so far this season, just the, uh, the high expectations, but they're listen, when we get right back, we're going to talk about games one and two briefly, be, and we'll talk about all the positive stuff that came out of this series because again, they win the series. And I think there is some, you know, big picture, long-term stuff for the season that you could be excited about. We'll do that right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, I can't believe the broadcast said Murphy. I'm going to have to go back. Maybe they were talking about Penn Murphy and I was mislistening to it. You know what I mean? But I was that fired could, up. That, that, that might have been it. But I, it, you know, the, 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 the radio is, is always a little bit. I mean, that's a tough job. So, so Which game are you doing next? Two or one? We're going to go back. Let's take it back. So we're going to just, you know, so we're going to take it back to game one. Uh, again, a lot of positives in this in this uh, series. Uh, they come out, they win game one, which Scott Service just loves and always will say, "I love to get game one in 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 any um, season series." Uh, they, they, you know, and again, this is was Cleveland's home opener. They get out to a big lead, three to nothing. They had Travis Kelsey out there throwing the first pitch. Because you know he pitches, he plays for the the Cleveland Browns, right? You know, it's like I didn't get, I get it, he's from there, but uh, you'd think they would get somebody from the Browns out there. No, they decided to get Kansas City Chiefs tight end to come and spike the ball. You know, that first pitch was that a spike or does that just his throw, Hanno? I think that's just his throw. I yeah. think he went to college back there, some Cincinnati or something. So maybe that's the reason why they brought him in. I get it. I get it. But I mean, what if we had a star from Seattle and, you know, he played, he played for, you know, the Arizona Cardinals or something and we're having him throw out our home opener. Not happening. Look at our home. Well, did they not take any notes from us? I mean, we had Marshawn Lynch, Gary Payton, uh, Who's the Sounders person? I don't watch soccer. Sorry. Uh, Casey Keller. And then somebody from the Storm, too, correct? Yeah. Jewel, Jewel Lloyd. Okay. So we had all, so we had stars and representatives from all of our teams out there throwing the first pitch. And they're like, all right, all right. Ours is next week. Let's get somebody from the Kansas City Chiefs. It just, <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand it. Whatever. They jump out to a three nothing lead 
on Logan. The crowd's into it. Logan did not have his stuff. He seemed like the location really wasn't there. What do you think about Logan? Yeah, he was uh, he was a little off. Surprisingly, he still got six strikeouts. But yeah, he got hit around. Um, his velocity was down, and um, which was a little bit of a concern. Luckily, he shooed that away after the game and said he just didn't feel quite up to himself. Nothing to worry about there. So that's good. To, that's very positive with the uh, injury bug that seems to have hit this Mariner team here lately. Yeah, and you know, coming uh, you know out of spring training with that cold uh, with the warm weather, going to the cold weather. Uh, Maybe that's got to be something in these first couple starts. You're in Seattle. You're in Cleveland. I don't know. We'll we'll have to check that out. We got to take his word for it. I mean, he knows his body. Uh, we'll take his word for it. The Mariners are down three to nothing. It's not looking all that great. And then you know, here come the Mariners roaring back. They grab two. Uh, then they have a big inning to follow with three runs, capped off with a two-run shot by Julio. You know, Mariners up five to three. And listen. The, Logan only pitched four innings. You know, the the bullpen pitched five innings, gave up one hit, and got seven strikeouts and led us to the victory. I thought this was the best day by the bullpen at this point going through the season, at this point in the season. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, after coming off that homestand and, um, you know, not having their best stuff, and the, then going down early and um, the bats not being there to come back, you know, J.P. Crawford with a couple doubles and RBIs, Ty France with one, uh, also before Julio hit that. And then the bullpen, like you mentioned, fantastic. They hadn't shown that. And you're like, nice, this is Mariner baseball. Come back from, uh, you know, being down. The bullpen shuts them down. This is what I remember. It was really nice to see. Yeah, and we mentioned, you know, earlier in this podcast, we don't have – Chris Flexen out there right now because of the injury to Robbie Ray. So this wasn't, we didn't, this wasn't a scenario where we just had a go-to long relief guy to throw in there. They had to go out there and, you know, use how many pitchers here we had. We had got, we had brash, we had Munoz, we had Seawald and we had Penn Murphy. Yeah. Had to use every one of them, one, one an inning and they were, they were solid. Yeah, they were a great game. Julio's 30th home run. Uh, at that point, he'd only played 140 games, so franchise record for Julio. Uh, great interview about that with him uh, post game. If you want to go check that out on uh, MLB.com or the Mariners or uh, or on the MLB app, but yeah, that was that was a that was a nice win, especially on a home opener. Um, they followed it up the next day. Jumping out to a lead early. There wasn't a lot of scoring in this game, but Marco Gonzalez, this was like the vintage good Marco Gonzalez uh, in this game. Yeah, a typical Marco game, you know. Um, he uh, he got him through five. They tried to, you know, he pitched fine. Um, was hitting his spots, nibbling around, you know, keeping him off balance. They tried to uh, extend him out to that next inning. Uh, he got into trouble. Luckily, they brought Penn Murphy in, you know, critical situation with men on in scoring position and Penn shut the door. And uh, that was fantastic. Then they bring in Festa, who crapped all over himself. And luckily, the new guy, 
uh, Spire came in and threw over an inning and just shut him down. Yeah, he threw um, one and two thirds, almost two innings from this guy. Yeah, exactly. A low scoring game. Big day from Jared Kelnick. Uh, Eugenio has been solid um, and had a good game as long as well as uh, yeah, he had a couple a uh, couple singles. Uh, Eugenio has been really good and. It was a Eugenio and Jared show that game offensively. Yeah. Jared's just I, I really love what we're seeing with him. And here's the thing about Eugenio that's that's really awesome. Is he's doing all this damage. He's got a lot of RBIs, he's got a lot of big hits. He doesn't have a single home run yet. And those are gonna come. So this is really encouraging on how he's swinging the bat. And you're also seeing a lot of balls go uh right center from him, even even some of the outs. You know, the strikeouts are still there with him, but last year it was a little bit kind of weighed around for the home run at definitely at this part of the season. I know he went on a tear at the end when we really, really, you know, rode him, but uh, he's just swinging the bat good. I feel like this is a situation where the WBC uh, might have really helped this guy out just like moving along because last year he got off to a bit of a slow start and it seems like he's like playing midseason, postseason form right now with the bat. Yeah, um, that's why I got to give him a pass on the game three. You know, he didn't have his best game, but he's been good all all season with leaving six on in game three. I will say he he could he made a critical mistake, like I said, and I, I don't mean to harp on all the negatives, but he got picked off at first base. Yeah. He could have slid in easily, and it's just unexcusable, inexcusable. It excuse me, it, it can't happen. It was just a lack of effort or keeping your head in the game and it's I expect better out of these guys yeah there there has been a little bit too much uh, loosey-goosey and I know this is a loose team but yeah you'd like to see a little bit more of that grit you know that uh you know that maybe some of you know these other teams uh, you know in the past not just Mariners but other teams that just aren't that are a little bit more stiff and maybe not a, you know maybe think about some of those uh, San Francisco giant teams in the, in the 90s they're fighting pissed off at each other but playing good baseball don't want to see that I'm not saying that I love the way these guys are but it does seem like sometimes there is a little bit of lackadaisical uh, foot off the gas uh, keeping their eye off the road and just some of these fundamental things. Yeah. You've mentioned many times uh, you can't give away extra outs, you know, more than 27 outs in a game um, that goes on the other side of the ball either. You can't give them easy outs, you yeah. know? So uh, I just, he just wasn't paying attention or, or whatever. I, I, it just baffled my mind. At least if he would have tried to slide back, I would have, been more okay with it but still it was it just lost his focus and there's been a lot of things this year that i feel like it's been sloppy yeah so as far as this series it, you know if this we lost this game in game one we'd be singing a different tune uh you know, we're heading into Chicago. I don't know too much about the Chicago Cubs. I know that they're four and four. I, I, they, they've not played great baseball in the first week. I know they signed Cody Bellinger last year. Uh, really hasn't done much. They do have this, uh, what's this, Patrick Wisdom, their third baseman. 
He's playing good ball. He's hitting 320. He's got three jacks. Um, you know, and they got Ian Happ. He's he's playing all right. Do you know anything about any of the pitchers? Uh, and oh, also, let's not forget who else is on this team. Former Mariner Luis Torrens. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see him. Uh, they 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 have a team that uh, looks kind of thrown together. You got Hosmer on here, Trey Mancini. Uh, this seems like a group of people that, and we know this because Chicago's made a lot of trades and let guys go. These are a lot of guys that have not played together before. Yeah, and their big acquisition was Dansby Swanson in the offseason. So, you know, all those names you've mentioned are um, household names. Uh, some a little bit older, some newer and up and coming. Some that have had great years as far as their pitching goes. I haven't followed it too much, you know, with this new balance schedule with everybody playing everybody. I haven't had a chance to check in on their pitching staff. But uh, luckily, I'll... Um, Good weather is supposed to be in Chicago. It's supposed to warm up. So hopefully that'll help out the arms. I've been happy with the bats this last series. They've had uh, double-digit hits and two out of the three, uh, nine in game three. Um, so that's looking positive, scoring all those runs and in extra innings. Uh, just got to clean up the the mental m mistakes. And uh, they're, they're, the M's on paper are a solid team, and I thought they've made uh, – quite a stride from the first homestand. Yeah, they're playing a lot better baseball. I think we were mentioning where I was maybe on the last podcast on the intro. I was like, I think this road trip is going to be good. I think it's good for the Mariners. I mean, they, they show up, you know, on a, on a like a human level. You, you're, you're down in Arizona. You get up to Seattle. You know, some people are moving into new places. You're moving all your stuff back. There's a lot going on, you know, and maybe that stuff's kind of settled. Not that that has everything to do with what's going on the field, but I just think maybe it's a good galvanizing thing now where you just have your, you know, 26-man roster and you're traveling and things like that. This can be really good. And just, you know, another look quickly at the Cubs. You know, they, they got – um some players that are knocking and running, they, they, they haven't had a problem. It doesn't look like scoring. Um, I'm not sure, again, what their pitching is, uh, you know, looking like so far. Um, but I, they've only – they're four and four. So they've played eight games. And uh, I believe in this uh, matchup, um, we are going to see that, you know, we luckily we – it's great after a loss – um, to have somebody like uh, Luis Castillo going out there. Uh, yeah, you absolutely. You can't ask for anything better. We're going to have Castillo pitching. Then we're going to see Flex in. And then we're going to see Logan again. Yeah. Um, it comes fast and furious. So, yeah, it's going to, you know, just win this series, baby. That's the goal. And if you're looking on especially the especially with the AL West, how it started too. I mean, the nobody's running away with it. You wish you would have gotten uh, a head start on the rest of the division, but nobody's really running away with it. Everybody's kind of playing so-so baseball right now. Yeah, we we are lucky in that sense. And uh, just to like clarify who we're going to be, what the matchups are is again, like I said, Castillo's uh, starting this series off. We're going to see the guy that never threw uh, a pitch for the Mariners, uh, Smiley uh, on the Cubs. 
he's his ERA is eleven point five seven. He's zero and one. That that sounds great. And then uh, the second game again, Flexen taking the hill for us, and we have a, a pitcher out there by Went Weniski. He's but five seven nine, so he's been giving up some runs. We're going to run into a little bit of trouble, I think. You know, is game three. You got Stroman out on the bump. Hasn't given up a run. He's two and zero. Oh. He's and we got Logan going out there. So, I think it is very important that the Mariners, especially the way they're swinging the bats, like you said, they're they're warming up. It'd be nice to jump jump on them, especially in these first two games. Yeah. So, we're gonna see uh, a lefty the first game. So that'll probably be no Jared Kelnick. And then uh, the second pitcher is he a lefty? Does it say? Uh, on the second, uh, Wenski. Let's look up this guy. Never heard of him. Hayden Weneski. He's 25 years old, and he is a right-handed pitcher. All right, good to know. Um, He's a Yankees yeah, draft. I just try to, th- yeah, I just trying to think. You know, of the analytics and the way the Mariners do their righty-lefty matchup. You know, how many games is Tom Murphy going to be in there? You know, at least one. Uh, just trying to uh, get myself prepared for the frustration that could come my, uh, that I could feel. Yeah. And then of course, uh, Marcus Stroman, he's, he's just a stud, you know, he's a, he's a stud, but you know, the Mariners could, could jump all over him. I could see the Mariners jumping on him. I mean, you're one of these guys in this series, you got Marcus Stroman and you got Luis Castillo, two guys that have not given up a run this uh season and uh you know he's pitched 12 innings got 14 strikeouts one of these guys i'm gonna say is gonna get some some runs scored on him so and i don't know who's gonna be and who's gonna give up the most but i'm gonna say it's gonna be marcus stroman i see the mariners coming out here and getting a sweep in this series i'm calling it right here they're gonna get the sweep that evaded them they're going to come home, get that big homestand coming on. And I, I'm just hoping, hoping now, hoping we can get Colton Wong going because now we're playing teams that he has seen, that he has been familiar with. We need something to get this guy going. So we got, we're playing the NL for the next two weeks. So yeah. I, I want to see this guy stepping it up. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. Um, chasing a lot of high fastballs. Uh, today was better, you know, or in game three in the Cleveland series, got a base hit, which is a big deal com- <laughs> considering how his season's gone and got a sacrifice fly in late in extras. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's a good point. Get him going against, you know, the central that he was used to playing since he was with uh, Milwaukee last year. Yeah, and, and look, also with the Cubs, they, they did us a favor this weekend. They they took two or three from the Texas Rangers. They are coming off of a loss, though. Uh, they were going for the sweep. They basically were in the same situation we were, but they got their they got their uh, asses kicked today, 8-2. to two, Or it, they got their asses kicked yesterday, 8-2. to two. So this is going to be fun. I, you know, I, I believe the – There'll be two broadcasts going that you could possibly get. You could probably get the WGN and you could possibly get 
uh, the root sports, depending on who your providers are. That's always fun. Um, again, the games are in Chicago, so we're going to have a uh, 640, 440, 440 Pacific uh, start time for Monday, same thing on Tuesday. And then on uh, Wednesday, we have an 1120 game. Those are, those are your first pitches. So we got a lot of early stuff. Hey, when we're recording, that's great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as far as, you know, you know, if you're out there working and stuff like that, it, it gets a little bit tough. If, if you, you know, uh, you know, can't catch all the stuff and break it all down because you're busy. Come back. We'll have another series uh, wrap and a series preview uh, coming out on Thursday morning. In fact, I'm coming up to Seattle. That'll be a that'll be recorded on the hometown soil. Um, in fact, when I get done here, got We got to edit this up real quick. Got to pack up and clean up and lock up and get on over to the airport. Um, any last things you got to say, Hanno, before I start plugging a bunch of shit? No, go for it. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to plug this podcast. Thank you again for listening. Check us out wherever else you're getting a podcast or on the Odyssey app. And and check us out on YouTube. We have our stuff up on YouTube for right now until we move over to another YouTube. We've got them up on the Rye Bread and Mustard YouTube channel. Like and subscribe that. Don't know when we're moving over to this Odyssey one. So we're just going to keep putting the stuff there. Also, if you're looking for this merch like I'm wearing right here. Look up at simply.cora, at simply.cora on Instagram. She'll handle that. I've had some inquiries on that, but that's who you want to go to. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you guys on Thursday. With that being said, Hanno, you know what time it is. Charge. The mound. <laughs>